it simple, keep it small, and there will be enough for all. Take a little, give a lot. Thank Mother Earth and Father Sky for what you've got. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Green Woman Podcast. I'm your host, Reggie, and a member of the Green Women Leadership Initiative. As green women, we are passionate about growing our own lives and being activists for deep concerns about self-care practices, women's issues, healthy living, nature healing, the environment and climate change, social justice and activism, and living in harmony with Mother Earth. We are artists, educators, coaches, therapists, grandmothers, green mamas, and we are wrapping our lives and work around making a difference in our world. Today, I would like to talk about what part of climate change is knocking at your door. So I have been doing more research on climate change, you know, that curiosity that I have. And I came up with some really neat findings that I just really want to share with you. You maybe have not even thought about them. So what part of climate change is knocking at your door? Is it drought, fires, disease, heat, hurricanes, floods, smoke-filled skies, melting permafrost, earthquakes, animals moving into your neighborhood, unusual bugs or insects in your area, or their behavior? Our world is definitely changing. But are we ready for all these changes? We humans are living with all living things on the planet and climate change, or as I like to think of it now as climate crisis. And it's all around for all the living species on earth. We are all affected by this climate crisis. Animals are roaming and moving into our territory, looking mainly for food. Part of that we humans are causing. But they're also looking for water. Our waters are evaporating. And we have viruses, bacteria, spores, insects, and all kinds are moving about in the air. And they're all trying to survive as well as our precious birds and ourselves. Today, I want to recommend a movie that I watched on YouTube. And actually, Helene, who, uh, Helene and Dave, who are our directors, actually brought it to my attention. And it's called The Beast of Our Time, Climate Change and the Grizzly Bears. It is about the Yellowstone ecosystem, which is so important to the upper Western ecosystem for all animals, plants, and other species, as well as the fate of the grizzly bears and ours. Because the movie says that it's our fate and we are one. And we are one with nature, of course. In the conversation, it was between Doug Peacock, who's a naturalist, writer, and filmmaker, and Terry Tempest Williams, an American writer, educator, and conversationist and activist, stating that we are in a stage of reckoning and awakening, that we are not grieving the losses that are occurring, 
like the plus 200,000 people that have died from COVID? Yes, we grieve our family members, but we're not grieving this disease. We're not grieving the loss of species that are becoming now extinct. We're not grieving the fires that are burning. And we just go on sometimes as if everything is fine. Doug Peacock states, we are passing the tipping point right now. And Terry states, we are incapable of seeing ourselves as the problem. She also states, I think we are the problem. And that why we have to live with the grizzlies or the fire or the drought knocking at our door. They go on talking about how climate change has destroyed the seeds of the white bark pine trees, where the cones are the number one nutrition source for the bears, which climate change has escalated the destruction of the trees by the white pine bark beetle. And I used to have a house out in Cody, Wyoming in the mountains. And this is purely evident just in this one ecosystem. When you look at the mountains, they look kind of gray. And it's because all the trees are dying. And these are these uh, neat bar, uh, pine, white pine bark trees. The movie goes on to show how many areas of the West where people and farmers have placed themselves in the bear's habitat. Now, some of the people like farmers did it purposely Others are learning to live with the bears and with what's coming along because these bears are going into because they need berries. And so we need to allow what bears do. We need to learn to coexist with these animals. Climate change is changing the species on earth as well as earth itself. Bears and others have to find alternative sources to coexist with humans and humans to coexist with animals. The decline of the white bark pine has, sh- uh, has shown a rise in the grizzly contacts. So as the white, on a, on a graph, as the white bark pine is decreasing, grizzly contacts are increasing. I really encourage you to watch this 29-minute YouTube video because as the bears and many species have had to adapt along with climate change, we humans must learn to adapt also. This brings me to my next topic that I feel we have not really heard a lot about and that it is called the melting permafrost regions of the world. In my research, I came across this and I just thought, you know, I had read somewhere that the permafrost, as it melts, what what kind of um, bacteria or viruses do they give off? So I started to investigate. This research I'm sharing with you is from the Observer Research Foundation from NATO headquarters in Brussels from Sophie Briquetti. And this is what I found. So 
Today and in our recent years, we've been seeing an increase in rising sea levels, floods, hurricanes, heat waves, droughts, and fires, as well as the extinction of many species due to man and environmental changes. Some of these environmental changes include polluted air with gases and methane and the like. Our waters are polluted with chemicals and plastics and waste runoff and decreased water levels in our rivers and our lakes. So that we already know. But what is permafrost? Well, it is, it is the ground below the Earth's surface that remains continuously frozen for at least two consecutive years with parts dating back thousands of years. I found that it covers 25% of the Northern Hemisphere 17% of Earth's exposed land surface, which is mainly in the Arctic regions. 80% is found in Alaska, 50% in Canada, and 60% in Russia. But it is also in the high mountain areas across other parts of the world, such as the Alps in Europe, the Himalayas, which are located northeastern portion of India and actually goes into uh, Pakistan, Afghanistan, China, and Nepal. And then you have the Andes in South America, um, which there are portions, and then there's also portions in the Antarctica. So why am I mentioning this? Because when I read about the implications of the thawing permafrost, I realized this, that this adds a significant consequence to our climate change. The permafrost contains vast amounts of organic matter, including remnants of dead plants, animals, microbes, and viruses, which have accumulated and remain frozen in the underground. Permafrost is believed to be Earth's largest reservoir of carbon and mercury, twice the gas currently in the atmosphere and twice the mercury present in the oceans, the atmosphere and all other land combined. And what makes matters worse? Permafrost is sensitive to several factors, but particularly to climate change and rising temperatures. The research goes on to say that the Arctic region is warming two to three times fast as the global average permafrost is thawing rapidly for the first time in thousands of years. In conjunction with the rise in greenhouse emissions, it is as if the permafrost is thawing almost overnight. Permafrost can thaw in two ways. The warmer air due to rising temperatures or sudden or unpredictable ice melting can lead to an abrupt collapse of thawing soil, creating these vast craters, lakes and wetlands, including landslides, eroding um, mountains and coastlines, of which we are seeing in places today. In the Lena Delta in the northeast Siberia, about 15 meters of the riverbanks crumble every year due to permafrost erosion. 
With these erosions already occurring, there is a high risk for Russia's Arctic hydrocarbon extraction field could be severely damaged by 2050. Pipelines across Russia and Alaska are located in that permafrost areas, which as it does, will weaken the soil and the foundations of fuel storage tanks and pipes causing major fuel spills. Researchers predict that the worst is still to come. Also, the thawing of the permafrost could lead to human challenges. When the permafrost melts, it releases its long buried elements into the environment, which can be dangerous. How great are the risks that these ancient microbes pose? Well, in 2016, there was an anthrax outbreak in Siberia. It was linked to decades-old reindeer carcass infected with bacteria and exposed by thawed permafrost, demonstrated the potential threat. But other diseases such as smallpox and the 1918 Spanish flu known to exist in frozen tundra. In the mass graves of those killed by those diseases, scientists are still uncertain how likely these pathogens are to cause outbreaks. What is certain, though, however, is that developing the Arctic and extracting millions of tons of permafrost to mine for precious metals and petroleum will increase human contact with thawed, ancient, and possibly unknown pathogens. NPR had a great story about the wildfires in Alaska, which have already burned about 5 million acres. The ground up there has a thick layers of what they call duff, which is vegetation of fallen leaves, branches, and the like, that doesn't decompose um, very much. So this duff lies on top of the permafrost and insulates this frozen layer of earth that stores two times as much carbon as the atmosphere. And the duff, as we know, is very flammable. The wildfires come and burns through it. The underlying permafrost becomes exposed because of the warmer temperatures As it melts, the permafrost then releases carbon that it's been holding on for tens of thousands of years. And we also have acidifying of our oceans. The phytoplankton are at the bottom of the food chain, but they supply the planet with half of all its oxygen. They are so integral to the food web and some scientists are studying the effects of our acidifying oceans and the amount of carbon being absorbed by the seas will harm marine organisms. Scientists have also found that these acidifying seas will throw off the natural competition between plankton species and the consequences will continue all the way up the food chain. And that's all the way up to the human species as well. I just found all of this so interesting that I'm even doing more research on it, but I never thought of permafrost. Who would know? If you go on and just uh, online and put in permafrost 
you will find many, many articles about it. So in conclusion, the melting permafrost organic gas is converted into greenhouse gases such as carbon dioxide and very potent methane. Mercury will be released, which is very toxic to humans and animals. And it's thousand year old viruses and bacteria or spores can have unknown or forgotten effects. The mercury that is released can get into the waters and infect our fish. And we would no longer, it would no longer be safe to eat them. And we have seen with COVID-19, with the release and spread of unknown viruses that have disastrous effects upon the whole world. This thawing of the permafrost could really significantly accelerate global warming, such as the opening of the Arctic Commercial Passage due to the melting of the polar ice cap. In my opinion, I feel we can't wait until 2050. That's only 30 years away, as stated by the December 2020 Climate Ambition Summit. We must act now. I feel we owe it to our children, our grandchildren, and the future generations, to the plant life, the ocean life, the animal life that sustains human life, which always needs to be in balance with earth and life itself on this beautiful planet, which really is our true home, Mother Earth. Now I would like to leave you with a couple quotes. The first quote is by Sylvia Earle. Even if you never have the chance to see or touch the ocean, the ocean touches you with every breath you take, every drop of water you drink, every bite you consume. Everyone, everywhere is instinctively connected to and utterly dependent upon the assistance of the sea. And the next one is by Terry Tempest Williams. The eyes of the future are looking back at us, and they are praying for us to see beyond our own time. Now, I would like to give you all a big thank you for tuning in and listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please share this podcast or tell a friend, download and subscribe. We can be found on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon Music, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. Until next time, stay informed, be healthy, live green, and become an activist for your own health, the health of your family, and the health of Mother Earth, our true home. Keep it simple, keep it small, and there will be for all Take a little Give a lot Thank Mother Earth and Father Sky for what you've got